Welcome to Black Creative Healing, a space for radical conversation, mindful collaboration, and holistic visioning centering Black communities. I am Anike Webb. And I'm Natasha Thomas. We are your co-conspirators, co-facilitators, conversational doulas, and fellow travelers on this journey. y'all who's ready for part two as promised this is the continuation of our conversation with the black creative healing retreat team in part one of this little two-part table talk we discussed sort of an overview of what's sticking with us uh, a few months after the retreat close with excitement looking forward to whatever else is going to be coming because we know there are so many cool things on the horizon just that have emerged in the wake of this retreat and just all of the excitement that that brings. So we're going to jump right into part two here where we take on more of a specific look at each of the sessions and the wonderful facilitation that was done by all of our guests during the retreat. And in closing from there, we're going to sort of just leave y'all with the with the end of the episode and let the excitement sort of just hang in the air because who knows, honestly, where we'll go from here. But without further ado, here's part two of our conversation with the Black Creative Healing retreat team. I mean, and the first one's easy because that was that was movement. That was yoga with with Gian starting both the first full day and the second. So maybe we'll start there and yeah, see what sticks with folks about about those days. I know Adnika, you and I alternated being the support person for those sessions. Yeah, because that's something that podcast listeners might not know. Each session had a facilitator that was that was paid to be there. And then a member of the retreat team served as support. And that support person opened all the sessions with a land acknowledgement, accessibility check-ins, and made sure that that the space was held so that the facilitator could just focus on, on facilitating and, and support could handle any technical stuff. But that usually meant that the support person didn't quite get to participate as deeply. So I was, I was glad that we were able to like split those roles so that those of us who like, you know, I know this facilitator, I've worked with them before, I can be the support person because I don't need to, you know, 
be as deeply involved. But yeah, neither of us had worked with, or at least I hadn't worked with Gian before. So it was nice to to work with her. And I guess now that I'm talking, I'll just launch into my <laughs> my little thought, which was just that I loved how it it just felt like at the moment that my spirit would need some sort of affirmation that Gian just knew it and would say it you know and and it was so well timed to the music too just like the affirmation would come through the music and i can't even think of a specific one right now but just something that's like we're all beautiful beings you know and then she would echo it verbally before issuing any more prompts and just that the flow of that was just really magical and yeah that's that's something that really stuck out to me there just how much care you could tell was taken in terms of how she structured the music and connection to the movement and making sure that we consistently felt affirmed and empowered throughout what can sometimes be difficult, you know, for people. Yeah. Zelda, are you laughing because you have thoughts, but your mouth is full? <laughs> I saw how it. is it that you still eat? I know. I'm still eating them. But I was just laughing at myself because I'm like, you know, you're going to unmute and talk with food in your mouth because you can't help it. But yeah, I, I loved Gian's session because it started out. I had I w- wasn't far from here, but I had a thingy in Raleigh. So I started it out in a in a hotel, like, you know, like stretching and everything and taking in the meditation and the, the sunlight coming in, what was really cool, there was something about, I don't remember how many people I saw this with, but the sunlight coming in that morning to wherever they were, and then it was coming into the, the window at the hotel, and I just, I don't know, there's something about, it was, I don't even have words for what that felt like, it just felt so, like, like connected, it seems overused, but just like, I don't know, I just felt like we were just like in that stream of light and then with her words and the music. And then I had to check out of the hotel. So then I was driving and I was still carrying. So I had it on in the car. And so I wasn't able to do the moves, but I was like with the sound, the, the music and everything, and then got home and finished up. And so what I felt from that Again, it was unexpected because I didn't know I was going to be like traveling and trying to do yoga. But I got home at the end of it. And I was like, that was literally, it literally transported me, you know, because I didn't remember the high, the traffic on the highway or anything like that. I just was, I just remember the feeling that I had of, of going from one place to the other. And then, you know, doing the doing the in the in breaths the the ending breaths of the yoga in back in my home so yeah that's what that was my experience that's i'm just offering my experience yeah and thank you for holding space you know anika and natasha for working with the you know being the facilitators and I wanted to say thank you too, because I had forgotten. This is just such a beautiful experience, the whole retreat. I had forgotten all about the money parts. When that money showed up, I was like, oh, money too? Dang. I'm so glad we could pay people. I'm so glad we could do it. We just, just It was just so important. Yeah, thank y'all for that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I, I'm, 
I'm coming to understand how important it is for me to be compensated for what I do. So it's only right that, you know, we asking you of your expertise, of your, of your time, of your energy, that there is something for you, you know? And so I, I was so grateful that you all were able to, to be part of the planning team and to facilitate. I mean, you all gave us so much and I'm so grateful. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't get to experience the fullness of Gian's um, sessions traveling one day, but I did do part of the session in my in my office. And I really, you know, the playlist, just knowing that I could do a sun salutation to some Lupe fiasco, you know, or, or whatever, I just, it just must be the money. <laughs> you know, I, it really, oh, y'all, it just, it, that's and speaking of resonances, I I was just in a hotel room this morning doing some poses to cozy. I had Beyonce on, you know. I was I, so I feel like Gian's, you know, that hip hop yoga because I don't I don't practice as much myself, right? But there is this kind of this lingering like it's okay to take this moment, you know, to 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 be in your body and to to have a breath and to like have the bass kicking behind you, you know, and that's if that's if that soothes me right and that and that meets me and and i've been finding that it has been right and so i appreciate kind of the the affirmation and the modeling and like the, having been able to witness it and experience pieces of it that i feel like i've been able to carry a bit in my own practice day to day i'm seeing in the chat yes base and yoga <laughs> zelda I just want to add one more thing that key that you reminded me of is that the other thing that I felt is that I, you know, I, I do my yoga every morning, no matter where I am, hotel room, whatever. And then I, you know, I've, I thought it was just a, a broad reality for me that do I want to do my yoga, morning yoga with anyone for the most part? No. And so I just thought it was just like always no, but I realized that you know, like when people ask me, do you want to come to a morning yoga class? It's, it's really a more selective no about who generally is in the class and how through this experience with Gian and the group and then, and then another experience with another Black woman where it was all, you know, Black folks doing the yoga, I realized that, it's, that it is more of a selective no, that sometimes... Sometimes no, but it's not all the time no, but it is for some groups of people no. <laughs> I don't know if I'm making any kind of sense because I do go to a, a yoga class on Monday night, but it's everybody's quiet, it's dark. I, there's only me and another black person in the class, but it kind of doesn't matter because they're not, they're, it's like don't speak. The instructor is very big on that. No speaking, no communicate, like. Like no communicating in those ways, this is about energy. But I appreciated that being in black in a black space with yoga in the morning. I was like, we could I could do yoga with y'all every morning. Yeah. I just appreciate it. I'm I'm not necessarily a yogi, but you know, I try to I try to prepare my mind to be a future person who does yoga <laughs> if that makes any sense just want you know I, I'm big on listening practices and that 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 that's one that I'll probably add more frequently but you know that was just probably another experience you know 
doing it with Gian, especially with hip hop, made it accessible in 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 a couple of ways for me. So I really appreciated that. And Gian, like you said, like her spirit, you know, it's just so it's so welcoming. And though Gian is a hip hop head, Gian is also a music head and embodies like the feelings of different generations of music. And so like the the energy that she's giving out is not only like just hype energy. It's 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 just holistic. So so I really appreciate that. I am also someone who aspires to one day doing the doing the, the stretching and the yoga. I, I bought a yoga mat. 10 months ago, <laughs> just never took it off the box. <laughs> but, but but what I appreciated with, with Gian, like even though I didn't do the movements, it was still very, her flow, her flow was so inviting. And the music that she chose obviously was intentional to, to create a certain space that it, that it still was uplifting for me to be there and witness the movements that she did and to to do the breathing along with her and, and so on. And, and as I was thinking about the music, just, I thought about like Hakim, as you just said, it was accessible, you know, cause so often when I've heard of yoga or, or observed people doing yoga stuff, they may or may not have music. And when they do have music, it, it's a certain kind of music you know, like kind of, for lack of a better term, new agey kind of esoteric sorts of things. But it was kind of neat to see that you could draw from what you know, from your culture, what affirms you, what stimulates you or relaxes you, depending on what the focus was, to support that that morning space, to support that morning movement and ritual. It's like, oh, that's pretty cool. And it, And it's sort of like, elevates the music for me in a different way like in the sense of it's easy to be like oh well hip-hop stuff can just be for like sitting outside chilling with friends or it could be for like a party or it could be for like like it's kind of this I guess for me it has always been kind of like a recreational active sort of relegated to having fun as opposed to it can be part of my meditation like whoa it can be part of a a spiritual practice like that was kind of cool to see well and I think too what's so like magical about that that realization of oh this could be you know useful as a spiritual practice or in ways that I hadn't thought of hip-hop before it opened up the whole realm of possibility that I think brought us into the story sessions like in a totally like there's this gesture that I'm doing that's just like opened up way like peeling back layers from ourselves you know of of a space of being being ready to be vulnerable being ready to be open to whatever might happen you know that it was it was just such a perfect like safe container and also like a a catalyst for where we were headed next which is sort of my way of transitioning us to what happened next, you know, like the story sessions that happened, Zelda, yours being the first one. 
and then Wendy's being the second on the on the second full day. But yeah, I guess now we can sort of head into into reflections on those. I'm just going to jump in real quick. I know most likely Zelda, you and Wendy did not communicate about like topics or how you're going to approach your sessions, but I found a synchronicity in in what you did. Like th there was a similar approach to getting into story, you know. And I was I'm like, whoa, look how cool that was, you know. Like and but with different results because we didn't have the same stories, you know. And if I remember correctly, Zelda, you had the little post-it kind of thingies that we kind of based the things. Okay. Yeah. So, so that was kind of neat to then like go, what triggered a new thought based on an, another post-it that was there that somebody saw and like building the connections that way. And then I think Wendy had a similar approach, but without the post-its, just, but just kind of inviting people to share with what connected and it both just felt so organic like I mean I'm a person I love to talk and I love stories I love reading stories I love hearing stories and I'm getting into writing stories more like it was just so rich it was all just so rich and the more I think about it the more I see how much of our life is constructed in story like we create our memories are stories of what of an event you know and and the way we we describe what happened, even if it, even if it was, I just went to the kitchen, opened the fridge and took out a, a glass of lemonade. Like that's the beginning of a story, even if it's not intended to be some big fancy novel or fiction or memoir or whatever. And like the meaning that we give our stories is so important. And I, and I think the sessions we had allowed us to, to really, share those meanings and witness the meanings of other people's stories and so it was they were both beautiful for me and I I, I was energized by the, by those sessions now that I think about it you know just because I love being able to understand and and hear more from a story that a person's sharing so it's like oh wow what a great way to get to know these people to feel connected to them so thank you for that You're welcome. You're welcome. I'll say that when I was, it was so good, like being in, in Wendy's session and then, a, then a, hearing you all share in, in my session. And, and it did, again, like you said, it, it, it does feel kind of like it was all one, but just part one and part two are just all the same thing and just resumed or something. Because I feel like that feeling comes from I, I just have to pause for a minute. Something happens sometimes. I don't know if there's something going on with my brain, but I'll just feel a certain kind of way. And I'm not kidding. And I caught it in photograph. The trees will turn blue. Do those trees over there look blue suddenly to you? Probably not. It's probably my like the leaves. Tips of the leaves or... did. The Wait, tips the of the leaves. leaves. Well, cha it's changing now because the, the sun is coming a little bit more. But hmm. anyway, that's a whole other thing. But but I feel like that way that story, like you're, like you're just saying, Anika, it just connects us all, like no matter who you are, 
there is that combination of this person's uniqueness and then at the same time they're so unique but but look they're human because here's this piece of the story that always making me go ooh, ooh, ooh there's this thing i gotta tell y'all that had happened to me and i love the i just the beauty of that probably is like the the most fabulous thing and it's also just borders on get me in trouble all the time because i just like find myself not wanting very much to communicate with people if we're not communicating at some real sort of connecting through our stories. I'll just put it that way, which you can imagine how problematic that is for the like beginning of the semester when we're like in these long meetings and stuff. And I'm just like, <laughs> like can somebody say something about what they feeling or something, you know? But so it just, I, being in that sort of that continuation of story over the course of both days for me gave me the beauty of being in my most awesomeness place to play with and talk with and be with other human beings is that if we're we're vocalizing in some kind of way that just makes us feel all gummy gummy so i must shut up <laughs> oh my so, gosh Zelda. Oh. i'm sorry no, no, go. As you were talking, I, I, I was thinking of a couple of things about stories. So, you know, you said just now that you, when you're in that meeting, you want people to share about what they're feeling. And stories aren't just the descriptions of the facts, but the feelings that come up. And I was reminded about, I was watching this little cartoon on Disney this morning. It's a series called Bluey. It's an Australian, it's an Australian show, really short snippets. But what I remember was there's this one instance where the, the younger character says to her older sister, they're all dogs and they're really cute. You know, I, I want to, I, I don't like it that you're not taking turns with me. It makes me feel sad. And that stayed with me because I'm like, it's when we share our feelings, when we share our stories, that's the beginning of empathy, right? And once we have that connection, once we hear somebody else's story, we can begin to use our imagination to be like, well, what if that happened to me? Or what if I was in that place? How would I have responded? You know, and, 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 and empathy is so, so key, essential to our humanity, to like having this, like, like, I think it's no accident that people, you know, systems have been designed to divide people as part of oppression. Because if we were together and we heard each other's stories and understood them, there'd be more empathy guiding what we do. So thank you for that, Zelda. Yes. Oh, go ahead, Natasha. Oh, no, I was just going to, I was going to, I I think we had like similar thoughts at the same time, Adnika, because you put it more eloquently than I would have. But, you know, just the the depth of humanity that comes out of us through our stories and how crucial that is to us coming to know and understand each other. And I think especially coming out of the movement sessions and going into the story sessions, we were so, our bodies and our minds had been so prepared to share with each other that we were just like bursting at the seams with stories to share. And I was also really like struck over both days about the diversity of ways that we could approach 
storytelling and how the result could be the same you know like from Zelda from the the padlet you had with the sort of sticky notes that people were putting up and sort of this like raindrop effect of little bits of story coming out until there was like this torrential you know sharing that just like picked up speed and momentum as it went and then taking that and coming at it differently with Wendy the next day where Wendy was like we're going one at a time and you're going to say who's going to go after you so that that person has time to prepare. And the story snowballed in different ways, you know, going around in a in a in a circular fashion. You know, it just. I was just struck by how beautiful it was to have us get to the same magical place in totally different ways and how great of a like accessibility practice that is, you know, because not everybody gets to you know from point a to point b the same way and how we were able to offer folks you know through those two different types of sessions different paths into the same level of depth and beauty yeah it was just, that was wonderful so so good love stories too i'm just lighting up and around this conversation because even being you know coming, many of us come, we come from storytellers, you know, and just like you said, I went to the, to the market today and I bought a pack of chicken, you know, it was on sale, you know, <laughs> and I saw my friend Johnny around the corner, you know, all, I love that. And so, and even when I talk about, you know, you know, cause I know what's coming next in this conversation is talking about the music sessions. But even when I say, Hey, I play flute, I'm going to tell you that. And I'm going to tell you about the time my grandfather shuffled to the back of the shotgun to give me $300 to buy my first flute. It's like, when you see that picture of me holding it, it's like all that story around it informs everything about how I do music and why I do music and how I show up in my creative practice. And those stories, connect me to those lineages and to those histories and to those narratives. So I, um, yes, I, I just, it's so beautiful. And I, and I love that we got to do that with each other at this retreat, because I do agree something you just mentioned, Natasha, about the, forget the word you use, but the depths of humanity. And I, and I, the word that came to my mind was the different dimensions, you know, getting to, we talked about this earlier, getting to learn each other, you know, people I may have, been familiar with, but just deepening in connection. And I felt like getting to hear those stories, getting to share, you know, different parts of, of myself and, and ourselves. Yeah, I just loved it so much. And it was very, very nourishing and still continues to be from that time. I think an important part of it too, in both sessions was the intent that the facilitators had, you know, because this was a dedicated space for story and what that, and all that goes with story. And it, it wasn't an assigned topic. Like it had to be this kind of story or that kind of story, but the way you Zelda and Wendy held space for the stories that came, I mean, it was a different way we all listened. It was a different way we all shared. You know, so that was really beautiful to have to because I have been in places with friends and we just talking, telling stories, but I may not always be as attuned to the meaning and the significance behind it because we're just going, going, going. But in, this was a no, we're going to slow down, be intentional, share and listen. So that, that was really great. 
I'm thinking of all the ways with, I was in that, when I was in that meeting, I hadn't been like, cause I haven't been in, in the, like faculty stuff for like two years, but in that meeting and choosing to be in it online. And, and when it was getting close to the agenda being done, I was just like, okay, I got to bring something to the next agenda to request that it be on the agenda that we close out in some manner of love through some kind of like art, something through, I don't care if it's, you know, three minutes of it, two minutes, meditation, something, you know, that hits everybody's beliefs. They all, we all believe in capitalism, right? So we know how to do, and we believe in those forefathers. So we know how to do a friggin' meeting with an agenda, but then getting our indigenous, all of our indigenous past of closing out through connection. Cause what you were saying about the listening, the way that children have that kind of love and empathy so early as us doing that work with kids of, of story. And then we stop as if adults don't need that, you know, they don't, as if they don't, as if, you know, the, the young adult doesn't need, it, the adult doesn't need it, as if we don't need that. But if we're able to continue that with each other, being able to have empathy and listening to somebody else's story for, for what it is that they're saying, plus your own humanity, it becomes again, like a natural kind of thing that you're doing. It is how it is that you are listening and it will change everything in terms of even the dynamic of being in a meeting, you know, with each other. And people don't have to know that that's what's happening to them, <laughs> you know, but it's just like, anyway, I just wanted to say that, that this conversation is also helping me remember that the things that I do in the classroom to try to find, you know, to, to I won't say try to find, to bring them into the larger collective meeting space as well, that there needs to be music. There needs to be storytelling. There needs to, yeah, yeah. Speaking of music, <laughs> maybe that's the transition point into the, the next round of sessions to reflect on. And we had Key facilitating the community sing on the first full day, and then Hakeem and Christian facilitating the soul sample soundscape building on the on the second full day. Those two like sessions, I'll just say were, I mean, again, if you think about diversity of ways to get to a to get to an experience, you know, like to get to a sense of of communal sharing and communal singing via Zoom is very hard, you know, but we got there. Like we got to a place of feeling like we were communally doing something in in both sessions, you know, in really unique and and beautiful ways. So yeah, just to sort of open up the the reflection on those two sessions. I don't want to go first, but you know, I'm from a large family. And if there's a pause, I'm like, child, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm jumping in. <laughs> Because that might be your, when you're from a big family, that might be it. <laughs> if there was a pause and you didn't jump in, that might, that's, it's over. <laughs> so I'm just going to jump in and say that, oh my God, oh my God, that, so like harmonizing and being with the people and, and then the, all of the things coming in key of the, like the 
sort of dissonance of being on Zoom and all of it just like became part of music. And then, then folks start telling stories about the music. It was just like, I was like, oh my God, it was like so layered and lovely and just, I, I don't know, like, I don't know if it was by the time we got to the, the music piece that just, we just had like multiple layers going on or what, but to me, it all felt like harmony, you know, like what, even if people were talking about what was going on and, and then, you know, someone else was breaking out into solo and someone else was like trying to catch a riff with somebody else who was singing and all of it to me was just this choir you know you know and and hearing you talk about like I was just like once you start talking once you start talking talking like getting down into it I was like at church and I was like you know just all the things were going on all that all at once for me and so in a great way and so so then for the second day when we were again it was just like place and memory for me because I was out here on the porch when we were when we were playing with the, the the music making and being able to soundscape and hearing pieces of the previous work, then it started happening again with with me of like here's the layer the layers and the harmony and it's all dissonant but it's all like harmony like the exact same thing was happening again but it was happening in a way where I was experiencing it as listening as opposed to like I'm I'm part of all these voices and we're we're doing this thing and we're sharing and we're making all of these different layers happen at the same time but then being able to hear it back from someone else's capturing of it was yeah so that's what I have to say about like the the music pieces the value of it as a almost like a way to it's synthesized like everything even with the dancing you know so yeah I was so, thank you, Zelda, for, for reflecting the things that you did. I was excited to hear the stories that people, some stories that were shared around singing. And I wasn't expecting folks to sing, pop out with the songs in that moment. And it was, so it was like a, a lovely surprise. Like, you know, Natasha, I think you and Gian, you know, it was kind of like this, the story, like the head, head go, you know, and then, and, and then like from that, you know, which, which makes sense to me in thinking about the flow of, of these retreat days with the movement and the stories is like, everything was just unraveling and this way that felt organic and natural and that was really neat to see and to play with the dissonance on the zoom and the lags and the ways that that people was to me that's that what I saw and could feel in both days too is that leaning in to something you know it's like you're not I was we weren't there with Christian you know plugging the buttons on the screen but it, trying to lean in as if we were that we could touch it that we could you know tap that beat to, you know, or we could, we could hit that harmony with that, you know, person. So that leaning in and kind of trusting and, and finding something together was, was something that struck me as facilitating, but, but also participating. And I want to shout out Hakeem with the soundscape piece, because I don't think Christian was present for the, the full first day, right? Even even still, Hakeem, I know you were recording the stuff, and I don't. I know sometimes you were choosing moments. I don't know 
what your process was for when you chose to cut it on and cut it off, but just that attunement and presence with the whole of the thing to be able to say, okay, this moment, this, you know, these morsels, these, you know, portions, you know, and I really love that because then it was like going back to food analogies, here are some ingredients, you know, for Christian to then work with for us to then work with, you know, collectively. And I just thought that was a beautiful meal we got to serve up and taste and feast on. Yay, I'm loving how it's all coming back to food. <laughs> no, no, that yeah, I mean, I appreciate you saying that, Key. You know, I, I think that that's also reflective of, of our community and a trust factor that, you know, a lot of times you, you, you know, you wonder about recording because, you know, maybe people won't be as open or there's some distrust or privacy concerns. So, you know, I'm just glad that we had a safety that we could do that and that it was able to to actually in engender more community. So, yeah, I mean, it, everything else said, I'm just definitely I, it, I was just in a flow with your session key as well as, you know, I, I, I didn't know. I mean, I knew that Christian, I knew his skill set and I knew his passion. But, you know, what I think what he did was even more than I could have imagined. So it was it was it was wonderful. It really was. And it really like. You know, shout outs in all directions, of course, but like Christian's ability to take the recordings that you so mindfully captured on that first full day, Hakeem, and be able to come to us like he came to us with something that was already like in progress <laughs> and ended up being the first half of what's on all of our social medias, you know, in that the final thing was just so like, I don't know what I expected, but it just like blew me away just from the beginning to hear he put that together in like less than 24 hours, <laughs> you know, and like Zelda said in the chat, that sweetness of the relationship with, with you and Christian, you knew each other, you were able to sort of like riff off of each other, provide support for each other and for us, you know, so that like in those moments when Christian needed to be focused on the tech, you could be focused on, you know, letting us holding the space for our continued conversation around what we were hearing in the excerpts and the music that was being chosen to underscore it all and then being able to bring in new music like I think that was a yeah I was just gonna say actually key you mentioned in the chat pulling up those Beale Street the strings from the soundtrack of if Bill if Bill Street could talk like that was all done in the moment like we were just having continued conversation and recording more excerpts of quotes and then that soundtrack got brought up and then it was like oh I'm gonna go get it I'm gonna make sure that Christian has access to it and now Christian's put it into koala and he and we can hear it right then and there like it was just it really did feel like another kitchen moment you know of all of us of all of us together doing that and it also it tied in there was another thing I was going to tie it to oh we were talking about the the trust and the safety and the the consent around recording too like another aspect of the retreat that I think we talked about in our first like in the little mini-sode where we were planning the retreat about how the sutra space got built up like six months before the retreat kicked off. And in that time, there were opportunities for people to meet with us and view documents about what we were thinking. And then in the 
the the questionnaire that people had to fill in before they came into the space we sort of hinted that recording might be happening and gave people the opportunity to say you know no i'm absolutely not comfortable being recorded or to say ask me later you know and we had a mix of people saying yeah i'm totally down with you recording and some who said ask me later and it it, it felt like we were able to enter into this really organic and comfortable place for people to be honest about what they were comfortable with. And so as a result, we don't have like full session recordings that people can engage with. Like you can't go see the retreat, you know, but you can experience the snippets of it. And I think get a really intimate window into it in a way that that feels transparent enough, you know, like in the sense that like you can see an aspect of what was experienced and you can feel some of that, but there's also our intimacy was preserved too, you know, by not having recordings of entire sessions, you know? Yeah. Like the vibe, the vibe was conveyed, but all of our stories could stay safe. And that was important. Yeah. So I guess sort of continuing with the, Oh, sorry, Zelda, go ahead. I was just gonna say I, I don't. I, I'm sure I just missed it. I didn't get to. Where can I get that snippet to put on my social media? Ooh, yeah, it's okay. So if you're on Instagram, you can scroll down and and find it in the feed. It looks like like I'm pulling up my Instagram and scrolling down right now. It's got this imagery of beaches and palm trees and it says a soul sample soundscape on it it's underneath our a post on values if you're scrolling down the the instagram feed on twitter if you go to our main like on the profile we have that who we are and what we do thread and if you click through that and scroll down to where you see the hashtag for the retreat you can also find it that way okay yeah i see i see it thank you oh, perfect yay yeah because, yeah, that archiving has felt important, too, to, like, make sure that people can find aspects of what we did and sort of get the get the vibe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that said, I was going to transition us towards talking about the rest session that happened, you know, since we're in this space of talking about, like, intimacy and safety. You know, the the session that Adnike and I facilitated at the end of the first full day, sort of inspired by the nap ministry, where we were reading poetry and singing songs and just sort of generally holding the space for people to meditate or fall asleep, or, you know, or anything in between that was needed. Yeah, just open the space for reflections on that time. I got you, Zelda. I'm gonna jump in. Child, I'm gonna jump in. <laughs> First of all, my one of my initial thoughts, you know, around the rest session that Adani, you and Natasha facilitated was, and this is why y'all host a podcast because of your voices. First of all, it was just like just so soothing and and not that it always has to strike as soothing, but it there was just a way, you know, that it was just like, yes. We can just be here, you know, you could be reciting ABCs and go into something by Zora or, you know, or, or whatever. And it just, it all would have flowed and felt real gushy and mushy for me. And, and in terms of what I needed 
at that moment, which was to just kind of be still and allow the words, allow the songs to wash over me. And I love the diversity of 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 materials, you know, and also like moving from the sound to the words. I can't even remember all of it, but I remember being struck by certain things like, oh, I love that piece or, oh, I literally like this or hearing something in a different way, you know, because it's being read aloud to me versus me seeing it on a page or reading it myself. I just found it to be really healing for me. I was really, yeah, just drawn into the, again, going back to Zelda's word, layers, <laughs> that that in the care, another big word for, of today, how much care and intention that you both brought to holding that space for us. It felt like a like a rocking. I felt really, really held. And I love that it included so many different types of media. That was just geeking out about that too. I was like, this is so dynamic and cool. They're so amazing. Okay, enough gushing. <laughs> well, I want to gush a little bit too, because uh, yeah, y'all's voices. And then also the the connection that you all shared as you know doing that as, as as sort of one as one doing it together and the sweetness of that safety translating to safety for us that's like the most vulnerable moment in a human's day is when they are sleeping or resting and for so many for so many people, for so many of us, trust in moments of rest, you know, and not being able not being able to rest because of like there's not enough trust of what might be happening around me and being black and feeling like, you know, as like like Natasha and I had that, you know, how do you play when you you're when you're prey? How do you rest when you're prey? And being held in that way by your voices and by the words. And when I was in fifth grade, my, my fifth grade teacher had to go and be the vice principal. And so we were like, as kids, we got really attached to our teachers at my school because it was a K through eight. And so there was like, we were emotionally devastated. She was just going downstairs. <laughs> but that's where we were getting, most of us were getting our attachment was through our teachers. And Mr. Sykes, a new teacher was coming. He was this young kind of hippie guy. And uh, we didn't have, you know, I think we had like two black, white teachers in our whole school. So we were a little like, mm, we don't know about this guy. And uh, he came in and, uh, and for most of his instruction, I guess he was just like, fuck it. You know, man, I'm just going to read these to these kids. He read to us like for like half the day, like after lunch. We weren't doing, you know, supposed to cover all subjects since we got one teacher, you know, but he read the line, the witch in the wardrobe. And so he would read, to, he read to us in the afternoon. That's, that's all we did. We listened to him read. And it was that safe, having someone read story to you, as opposed to you got now it's time for you to go read the story. And it helped me to know that it's not that I didn't like to read because reading was complicated for me, for my eyes and for everything. And so I just didn't read. It's that, so it wasn't that I didn't like stories. It's that I, I'd loved to have them read to me and that just nurturing and beauty of that. I want to thank you all for, for offering that as part of rest and safety and 
and offering trust in a restful space. Even though I was supposed to be the facilitator. <laughs> oh, so anyway. Thank you both for that. As you were talking and, and you commenting on the different kinds of stuff that we had there, like I, I appreciated how Natasha and I went through the process of preparing for it. And, and we looked for like poems by people across the diaspora, you know, or short stories from across the diaspora. And I remember Natasha commenting like, oh, this is cool, but it's heavy. Like there was a lot of stuff that spoke about black pain and black struggle. And it was, it required a deeper dive to find stuff that invited black dreams, black hopes, black joy, you know? And, and I say that to say like, when we share stories, it's so important and, and we share our creativity. It's so important to, to have these moments where we have the dreams, where we have the, the joy. And, and, and I think it comes down, like you're talking about safety, like when can we be safe enough to dream? When can we be safe enough to, to have the joy and the stories? And on the one, on the surface of it, when you hear something like nap ministry or the fact that we had a dance party, it can look like, what the heck is that? Like, you know, some kind of little frou-frou silliness. But when you look at what it allows for, is a whole lot deeper. Like I'm, I'm thinking about John. Well, what's his name? Batiste. Is that is that his name? The, the guy who, who has. I'm sorry. Oh, John, but the, the musician plays piano. Yeah, the musician. Is it Batiste? Yeah. Is his last name? Yeah, yeah. His song "Freedom." There's a line in there. He says, "We get down to get back up," and I was like, "Yes, yes." Whether we lay down and rest, or we get down and we boogie to get back up, like. That is so important. We need the safety. We need the nap. We need the party so that we can continue to do the work that we're here to do and to make a difference. And, and, and I'm so grateful for the creatives we have in the room right now, the virtual room. Like Zelda, your stories, you can be inviting people with what you do to share their dreams and their hopes and their joys in addition to where they've come through and what they've been through and what has hurt. And key with the music and stuff, the community sings, you're inviting people to do the same thing. And Hakeem with, with Christian and, and Hakeem with his scholarly writing, my goodness, like that is envisioning a whole new future, you know? So just so grateful for y'all. And I don't know, if, I just kind of rambled, but I don't know, just had to say what I had to say. <laughs> That's, it's the truth though. Like we were so and we continue to be so like lifted up by all of the work that each of you do like individually as well as the work that we do collectively like yeah I think just sitting and putting this together was something that was just such an offering of love because we have felt so loved you know by by all of you and it just felt like a like an honor to give that back in some way, you know, to provide that space. And it ended up working out kind of perfectly because I know at the end of the session that Key, you said something to the effect of, you know, I hope that you get to go be taken care of too, you know, or something like you were saying, this space that you held for us, I hope you get to go have something like that too. And it just happened to work out that like the first of a several weekends long course on indigenous afro-indigenous mental health was something that i was supposed to be 
taking and and had the time to just like pop into the first session after our after our rest session and I just was camera off just listening you know and and so I did you know I guess that's my way of saying I did get to have you know to go and be nurtured in another space you know right afterwards but I don't think that I would have even had the energy because I was thinking to myself you know the retreat's going to take all my energy man like I can't I don't have room for anything else but that I was able to have the energy to go into another space even just to sit camera off and be nurtured you know that was really that was really nice to be able to have so it just it speaks for just how generative everything we're doing is like it generates its own magic inside the space and then it ripples outwards and and ripples onwards you know like here we are two months later still feeling the ripples you know and that's that's pretty dope I want to thank y'all for the stories as well, the nap session. I was doing a little recording for for the for Christian at the time, so I I didn't get totally into it. But I do. I as we talk, I'm I recall that I do have some of those voice memos on my phone, just and so I, I'm gonna go back and and definitely listen to them again. You know, it's a good reminder. Can I say one more thing? Y'all laughing at me because I got my, <laughs> I don't know what the laugh's about, but it's, I don't know, it's my, it's my, it's my Lord, I call it my Lord Night Ward vernacular. I, the speaking of ripple effects, one of the things that's coming back to me now is, you, Natasha, you just touched on the process, must be nap time, <laughs> the process of sitting with this group and putting it together and I'm thinking he was and how in at that moment of the retreat happening, we had been planning and planning and planning. And I was in a pretty significant relational shift. And so it was quite tender and quite in, in a grieving, but knowing that I had to not just had to, but I got to show up for and with my community for this thing that we have been planning. And I'm I'm saying that to say not because I don't, I'm not even in that same spot that I was, but I recognize how I was feeling and how healing one, the process of organizing this was, and then actually getting to be in that space, you know, holding space, being in support roles, but also getting nourished by it. And I just, I think about the ripples of that, you know, because that was this retreat happening at a time when it was like, oh, I didn't know that I was going to need it like I needed it, you know, but I did. And I'm so grateful that I had it. And I'm and, and reflecting back on that moment, it, it really the entire again, the care of the space just want to this is just a shout personally to 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 y'all in this team because it I, yeah, the holding the care it was. Yeah, going back to that word nurturing and nourishing. So thank you. Yeah, I want to say something on that too. Key, thank you so much for, for saying that because for me, I mean, I had plenty of times where it was like time for a meeting or something. And then I looked and, and the meeting had gone already. And, and I was doing a lot of, I had put these intentional transitions in my life where I was just like, I'm going to change this no matter what. But then there's like, that doesn't, the intention doesn't, doesn't mean you don't get to go through all the processes like grief and all of that. And so those times where I would miss it, 
I would, I would literally be devastated, you know, I'm like, oh my God, the meeting was yesterday, you know, and so it's just so valuable to be in a group where I felt like we were working together. And for me, that is the true meaning and value of work is when it is integrated into your desires, your your needs, your wants, your community, your the natural exhale of what it is that you would be able to, that, that you would give. And, and when it stands outside of any other men forced systems, but it is the activities that you would do because you want to do them and they are aligned with everything that you are needing in that moment anyway, you know? And so very grateful for that. And, and thank you, Keith, for speaking to that. Yeah. And, okay, I have to say the thing that, you know, it's just like, this is still, I recognize this as a kid of a large family moment, but all that tenderness of what I just offered. And I have to say that, I'm like, it might be time for a snack or something because I keep looking at the icon <laughs> for, for Natasha's screen and I'm seeing the reverse space, the, re, the first, and all I see is the outline of an Oreo cookie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to just say that because I'm just like, do I need a snack? You know? <laughs> Now I want Oreos. <laughs> I need snack. We are, I mean, we are coming up towards the end of our time together. And, you know, yeah. maybe snack time needs to happen. But there's the final sessions to talk about before we go. And that's just sort of the the communal lunch on that last day where we talked about, you know, what people were experiencing and what they were looking forward to or what they wanted us to keep in mind, you know, for future plans. And then the dance party. And I know, Key, you sort of touched a little bit at the at the top of our time together about the dance party and how that was something that was resonating with you. And I know it's resonating with me still, too, almost to the point that I'm like, maybe we want to put the dance party in the middle or something, you know, like, because I felt like afterwards that I wanted to keep hanging out. Like, it was hard for me to say goodbye after the dance party, because like we revved up all of this physical energy and then it was just like, okay, bye. <laughs> that was hard but at the same time I think part of what made the dance party so magical is because we had taken all of that time you know and that that care and trust getting to know each other so that we could have you know Joe was so great Joe Bailey who facilitated the dance party was so great at naming things that he was seeing you know like come on now so and so I see you doing this getting down with the whatever or like you know Mo Momo came into the room and wanted to like turn our dance space into a scarf space like there were like all this fabric and veils and all every belly dance prop that I have ever owned my kid was pulling out <laughs> and having us move with and Joe was calling that out like I see the veils I see the fabric going you know and all the stuff that was happening there you know it was just it was a tremendously affirming affirming time yeah Zelda's got the Oreo. I was, going, I was just about to name it. Zelda has, has entered the building, <laughs> the Zoom room. Yes, the dance party, just because we're, we're talking about that. Yeah, Joe with so much presence, you know, and, you know, to 
attuned to what was happening on all these little Hollywood squares in the room, you know, and send me those requests. I see, you know, you know, and just, you know, black folks, we, we know we can multitask, right? We could just, we, we, it just got so many different things we could do. And I don't mean in like a task, like, you know, ticking boxes, but this way we embody so many different things. We could like vibe and DJ and I've got you over here. I'm seeing the scarves in the room and I'm checking the request and I'm plugging the core back in when it slips out, you know, it's just, and, and, and the beat's still going. Right. And it's like, and I love that. I loved getting to experience that. And I, it felt nice to have it. I hear you, Natasha, on like wanting that space to continue or wanting to be able to kick it, you know, after you worked up all this physical energy and just chat or chill. And I loved actually, I love that it came where it did in this, in this version of things, because of what you're saying, that building that we did over those days. And so then getting to watch and, and be with everybody in a different kind of way, you know, thinking back to stories and memories and sounds and songs, you know, and then just, yeah, just getting the cut up. I just enjoyed it. I was dancing in my office and I don't think I've ever danced in my work office and it brought some good in, it was a different energy in there, you know, because, because of that. So yeah, that was that was lit. And that's my thoughts on the dance party. I loved that dance party. All the things that y'all have said about, you know, all the things that were happening at the same time, the acknowledgement of, of what was being seen in the screen and and then us acknowledging each other and what we were seeing and being in the chat box. It's like you dancing and being in the chat box, all this at the same time and just getting it. I thought it was a like it would have been difficult for me, no matter what we ended on, like be like, oh man, it's over. So so I enjoyed that. If it's going to end, let it end in dance and music and getting down and booty shaking and and you know, just releasing it all. And again, I was on the deck, and so, you know neighbors who weren't sure if they should call the police because <laughs> they're you know people don't didn't know that I was had bought this house yet so they were just like looking on kind of walking by with the dog going what's happening there's a lady seeming seemingly flailing alone a black woman <laughs> but it was just beautiful there was just you know such good energy and it was like this way to physically express all of what I don't, I hadn't yet even integrated into my word bank yet of how to say it, you know, of just what I felt about the days and to be in that kind of celebration with everybody made me so happy. Absolutely good vibes. And I had done something similar once before where I had been on a dance party on Zoom, which seems kind of weird on one hand, but it was really cool to do it. Like, even though we weren't physically in the same space, we were energetically in the same space. And, and it was great, just, just great vibes. And to see people enjoying themselves, because I think somebody else had their kid come in the room and was dancing with them too. So, you know, like, different ages, you know, whether they'd been there all through the weekend or they just came on for the latter part or whatever it was. It was, it was just like Natasha said, a great affirming time and space. I was just going to say dancing is where, where it's at. 
and uh, you know we are an embodied people and our intellect and and our community is related to our movement and uh, so that i think that was a perfect way to end and uh, you know i love that we have you know djs within our community you know that uh, you know it's good to bring somebody in that 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 you don't know but I love that we have that in our community. And, you know, I love that we have all of this, these people that every single one of us are scholars, but we all have these creative practices. And and then we share that with each other and use that to commune with each other. So I love that. That actually is like a great, like closing thought, I think for all of us and for like all the, all the podcast listeners too, just how, much community was infused in this from the beginning like every person who was part of this retreat whether planning or facilitating sessions were people that we knew already you know that we had worked with that we were that we came up with in school or you know like just people that we were deeply connected to already And even people who came to the retreat were like members of the Black Music Therapy Network or people like Zelda, people that you knew that you invited in and then got to know more deeply, you know, just what what a community experiment, you know, this was just to bring together people that we knew in different ways and then create something where we could deepen our relationship collectively in all new ways. I'm just so grateful for it and so energized to like keep keep deepening you know whatever that looks like I know that like in the in the closing session where people were sort of reflecting when we were sharing lunch together on that last day that there was talk of like maybe a mini retreat in the winter you know and then trying to do another full one next summer again for 2023 and you know all of that seems possible it also seems like a lot of work because like we had a lot of grant writing that we had to do to get the funds for the ASL interpreters and the captioning which i feel like brought so much to the experience too that i can't imagine doing it without those people again you know so there's there's that aspect of it that was that was certainly challenging and and a lot of hard work you know but it just feels like it was necessary work nourishing work and just the gratitude and all of it just continues to ripple to ripple outward big time i know we're trying to wrap this up and i'm so sorry to add more but my belly's like oh you gotta say this you gotta say this and i don't know if this is as much for us here now as it or for the the readers the listeners or whoever but as we were talking, I was just thinking, you know, the words nourishing, affirming, nurturing, and recognizing things that we needed came up in that time and space just had me realize, like, this is what we deserve. You know, having these moments to celebrate, to affirm, to move our bodies, to share our stories, to create, to receive, to rest, it's not luxury. It's not frivolous. It's not only for a select few or an elite few. No, no, no. This is what we all deserve. This is what we all need. This is what we are all worthy of. And whether people were able to join us this time or not, I hope when we do another one, you allow yourself, 
the opportunity, even if you join us for like one session to let yourself get something you deserve. Or if you aren't able at all to join us, that you in your life take these moments because you deserve it. You deserve to share your story. You deserve to com- to be creative. You deserve to rest. You deserve to boogie. <laughs> like You deserve it. You're worth it. So that's how to say it. Whew, yes. Necessary. (laughs) Necessary. Oh Lord. Are there are there final thoughts that folks want to share before I pause the recording and and let us sort of just close close and say our goodbyes as as friends saying hey to each other on the way out of the Zoom room? Anything that needs to go on the recording? I appreciate what Adenike said and and want to echo that for listeners. And yeah, that's that's a that's a word as a friend of mine would say, that's a word. But that's more than a notion. <laughs> yeah, that that it's it's as if you think about a piece, the big old pie and all of the energy that gets put towards so many different things in our lives that being able to have something like this that we all deserve, you know should be as a as big a piece of pie as any of the, of the other pieces so yeah thank you for that reminder i needed to hear that cool sweet i think it might be nice just to share this with the facilitators actually before it becomes public you know just as a gift to them to say hey we talked about y'all and we just wanted you to hear what we had to say and how much we appreciated you you know before this this episode gets released publicly make sure that the facilitators get to hear it first. I think that could be good. I think that's a great idea. Black Creative Healing is a platform dedicated to radical conversation, mindful collaboration, and holistic visioning centering Black communities. Conversations and arts-based collaborations are facilitated by Natasha Thomas and Adenike Webb and hosted by the Black Music Therapy Network Incorporated. We wish to extend our thanks to the Black Music Therapy Network for their input and support with the creation and promotion of these episodes, as well as all our supporters in Anchor and Patreon who help us pay for services for episode transcribing and tools for managing our social media. Special thanks to this episode's collaborators, which is our retreat planning team. You can find links to past collaborations as well as current episodes, contact details, and other information by following us on social media. That's Black Creative Healing on Facebook and Instagram and at Black Creative HG on Twitter and Clubhouse for the most up-to-date information. And of course, you can also find us on our new website, blackcreativehealing.com.